0: Hey everyone, and welcome to The Higher Estate. This week is really interesting. It's gonna be a lot of fun because uh, we've sort of finished with our health and wellness and uh, well, we're never finished with health. Let me rephrase that. Why is that so low?
1: Is it lean?
0: Is, Uh, continue. Okay, yeah, so uh, (laughs) this is gonna be an all over the place scatter. Um, We're done with our health and wellness discussions of last the last four or five weeks of how to get into uh health and health and how to get into wellness but from the perspective of the uh of of those who are in it right we had Naz on we had uh, a couple people from the industry a couple life coaches and it seems like everybody wants Naz back as as a uh, co-host but i've not giving up this bad boy right here because he's got great hair Yep. And uh and that's and that's what counts. <laughs> Your hair's good it doesn't matter. <clears throat> um but this week we're going to take it from a clinician's perspective. Uh, so we have got Dr. Squizzato, Dr. Vicky Squizzato, who's here. She's under ac- duress. <laughs> under under <laughs> duress. You know, can you talk right into that? I I
2: don't know. You don't have that's to. why I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm ha- under duress.
0: You don't have to. You just we just talk. Just talk. Yeah, mm. just talk. Oh uh, okay. natural. They're very
1: directional. It'll pick up they? almost if everything. I have it like this, does it work? They won't though. pick up well. I'm, you gotta be. So then why, why <laughs> directional why means I this point focuses right? at your mouth. Oh, really? will like, pick it up
0: if I'm like that? Ultra, uh, it's and right, like that. It will pick it up better yet. Oh, I didn't know that. That won't pick up. Like this. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, no. I didn't know. I mean, I knew, matter. but I didn't. It never really computed. You're
1: Not always the- loud enough anyway. It picks it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <And> I'm coughing, <laughs> So... <laughs> so. I'm always coughing. I feel like I've been coughing since last June. Since I got hired. Yeah. <laughs> like last April. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I think, yes. I, have, I think I have like chronic lung disease. I hope not. I, there's something. I,
2: I, do- I told you to take that inhaler.
0: I took that all T-bro. Did shit. Nothing. Zero. Well, like then maybe meh. it's the wrong one. Yeah. What is, yeah. Have you had oh, that? did I swear again? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you. I also
2: told you to go for pulmonary function tests.
0: Yeah, but then and that, have an echo dad. An echo.
2: Yeah, I told you have an echo dad. Why
0: would I need an echo?
2: Because you told me that you had sleep apnea, so you could have uh, right heart strain well, and right heart t- failure with uh, cor pulmonale, which could I'm be forty. Lungs.
0: Sh- I'm twenty-eight years old. That sounded very. <laughs> that was a lot of. Really? Words. Are you serious? You think I? I told you to do those things. You can have it at my young age.
2: Absolutely, depending on how bad it is.
0: Yeah, but I'm still active.
2: Yeah, but you're not treating your sleep apnea. You're still potentially having, like, going under hypoxic vasoconstriction all Can night Can you talk long.
0: in English so people have any... <laughs> a, you're going under A, B, C, X, Y, and Z. I told you. So, basically, which... which so first, we okay, we're going so to come back to... we so
2: off topic. We're going
0: to come back to that. Hold on. What did we write? Corpalminale. Core mm-hmm. Wow, it's been a long time since I heard... Po-
2: hypoxic
0: vasoconstriction? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I know what it... Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, doc. I I had no no idea. Um, We've got to translate words. You need to make sure... We're going to get into the whole cannabis thing and answer people's (laughs) questions today as well. I'm actually going to... I'm going to start writing our agenda now. Okay. Um, and for, well, we'll get to, uh, what do you talk about? Though? Today,
1: uh, I'm going to refrain from the news today. It's the first day of spring. So why not bring something in fun for spring like CBD smoothies?
0: Okay. So we got CBD smoothies. Yeah.
1: i got four different recipes. They're all wow. CBD smoothies are good for soothing pain, easing your anxieties, reducing your inflammation and recovering from exercise is actually a big one as well. Ooh. Um, all of these smoothies can be made with CBD isolate or the raw flour as long as you decarb it before putting it into the smoothie. If you eat just the raw flour, you won't get the full potential of it.
0: Really? So yes. we're going to be talking about CBD. I sound so Canadian about... S- about. A boot? What are you doing <laughs> there, Lucas?
1: <laughs> all right. So oh. Oh, first nice. off recipe Hold I'll on. get not into. Even near there, Okay. Though.
0: I'm just mm-hmm. talking about it. We're getting there. Okay. I, we have to. We have to. You know, for, I haven't even introduced Doctor Squizzato. <coughs> I so, thought you did. No, I just said hi, Doctor Squizzato. I said I, got, I
2: was under duress.
0: And then I got uh, a <laughs> fully off-topic, like lost in translation.
2: This is the problem because I'm ADD, <coughs> as like you just. As I have
0: ADHD as, as well. This is so we're not
2: going to be an organized podcast at all. There's a lot of shiny things. We're all, all
0: looking around. <laughs> 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 what happens when, when if, 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 uh, a medical?
2: Sorry, sorry. We're we're all A D O S. What's that? Attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. Shiny. (laughs) Is that a thing? No, that's my thing. Oh, did you make that up?
0: (laughs) Of course. I like that. (laughs) I like that. That's funny. A (laughs) D O S. Attention deficit. Ooh, Ooh, shiny. shiny. Not that way. I'm more like squirrel. or square that works mm. O O S, it still works <laughs> yeah, or squa. yeah. Or that's or why you it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i didn't get it listen i don't spell well i read very poorly <laughs> <laughs> i'm just a good doctor <clears throat> um Okay, so Dr. Squizzato is here. Dr. Squizzato, I'm going to let her introduce herself. With with, so just because I want to see her turn into a pumpkin. (laughs) No, wrong thing. A cherry. (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkins are orange. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. into a into a cherry, (laughs) bright red. Um, She is a family physician with a subspecialty in anesthesia
2: and chronic pain.
0: And chronic. Oh, right. And chronic pain. Right. Uh, And level two. She's actually going to be heading up our 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 level two Mm -hmm. part of our our whole clinic here at Synergy. And uh yeah, so she's like um she's like the knows everything about everything. And she well, I mean I, I said that to be kind. <laughs> but yeah, she thinks she does anyways when you talk to her. And then um and then also um she works at Synergy, so she's been working with medical cannabis now probably for two, two, two years. Two years,
2: yeah. Wow. Maybe three. I don't know. When
0: did you finish residency? I started residency? doing it.
2: Uh, no, I started working here. I moonlighted uh, oh, while well, I was right. doing my anesthesia residency.
0: Right. How yeah. long ago was that? Three years ago. Damn, um, I don't know.
2: Now,
0: so. No, at two some po- years. It must
2: have been two years. Yeah. I think it was like 2017.
0: At some point in time, oh, yeah. she did something in school, and then she worked here uh, <laughs> as one of her many jobs. But... Aside from that, you're also talking, we're going to be talking to an adventurer, somebody who's climbed the mountains of, I don't know, I'll let her talk about where she's climbed mountains. Mountains, I'm going to write mountains. I
2: feel like you should have like like prepped me for this. I know I should have I, but- I asked you like what I, what I had to talk about and you're, you like, no, silence. I, radio you, silence. You
0: don't have to I know mean, you don't have to talk about anything. No. We'll talk just for be you. yourself. I'm that's just all I'm not
2: articulate. You don't- I didn't feel like I needed to write something down. You you, don't you were speaking
1: five minutes ago and it was over my head. So yeah, you're very articulate yeah. actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how doctors like get away with things yeah. though, right? <laughs> we just the more syllables we can throw in there the more important and smartly sound. <laughs> I don't,
0: why are you looking at me? I don't, don't, don't know. You're a too. Are you so agreeing? Agree <laughs> I'm, like, well, I'm like, you know, the stuff, the stuff in your heart that causes you to go, something that makes you say, hmm. Um, but she's, a, yeah, so she's also an adventurer who's climbed mountains around uh, the world, uh, who's practiced medicine in Nineveh. No, she's going to say Inovit. No, Oh. Northwest Territories. Okay, Northwest Territories. Which town of? Uh, Inuvik. Okay, see how close. Inuvik, Nunavut, Inuvik. I think Nunavut's really big, and that other place is
2: very small. Uh, Nunav- Yeah, Nunavut. Um, I don't know. Northwest. Ter- I think Northwest Territories is still bigger than Nunavut.
0: Oh. Um, no, well, sorry, I thought one was inside the other.
2: No, they're two separate was the capital. Like <laughs> they're two different right. territories.
0: <laughs> what what how did, like, did I do? Fifth, yeah. fifth grade. Yeah. Sorry, I did what? No, it used to just
1: be the Northwest Territory. Yeah, and then they split off of Nunavut. They cut it in half and said Nunavut and
2: Northwest Territory. Iqaluit is the capital of Nunavut. There we go. And that's,
1: that's on something Bafflin something on. Island?
2: Something like that, yeah.
1: Sweet. The little
0: yeah. bird. <laughs> He's talking <laughs> So I love history as soon as he start. talking. When were you
1: doing that, actually? <laughs>
2: Uh so I went up uh as a family resident for a couple months in the dead of winter mm-hmm. and the average temperature was uh minus forty-five
0: mm-hmm. without wind chill. That must have been perfect. So, and yeah. it
2: was pitch black. Uh for and for how then long? I was there for two months. No, mm-hmm.
0: how long was it dark for?
2: Uh they get about a month of uh complete darkness where you don't but it's not it's not like, it's like Twilight. You don't see you just don't see like a ball of fire like in the sky right Mm -hmm. but you get uh an hour or a few hours a day where you see like sort of a haze in the sky but for a month you don't actually see the sun and then uh then they have this big um uh like the sun rising festival i can't remember the um burning man no i can't remember the (laughs) uh, name for it Uh, but it's one (laughs) it's one of those um it's the inuit (laughs) culture like they're uh celebration of the sun mm. coming back or whatever and where you see like a ball of sun and then slowly the the sun sort of like starts to rise higher mm. and higher on the horizon um, cool. and then i've uh, i've gone back uh as staff like during the summer and i'll be going back there again this summer
1: cool
0: yeah because she doesn't want to work here so much so
1: so my <laughs> f- a friend of mine actually was a pilot who flew him back and forth there bringing supplies for like two and a half years for his training.
2: I feel like it's a great place to mm. gain he a lot of experience it. really quickly uh, because they need people mm-hmm. and um, you're it. Yeah. So you got to figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like when you're practicing, there's nobody else.
2: <laughs> like, I mean, for medicine, that mm. was definitely my experience. Like as a resident, I showed up and they're like, okay, run the emergency department. And I'm like, no kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh yeah. I mean like obviously there like staff were around and there was back up, right? But mm. like you know She they only were,
0: said that because she's on <laughs> she's on video right now. They but technically there. they were, <laughs> they were home sleeping. Uh, mm.
2: That may be, or not be true. But uh I imagine it's like that for any so professional. I you wanna know what it was like of, in
0: Inuvik inuvik, Inuvic Inuvic. Inuvic. Yeah, I can't even Inuvik It's a whole bunch of, it's yeah, something like that. We'll get back to that because I want to talk about all of these things as we talk about medicine with you as well uh, as your adventures around the world and um, what your plan Jeez. is, what you think. Uh, we don't, yeah, no. I have no plan. One quick cannabis no fact hey, about was,
1: Nunavut. Okay. Um, currently in Canada, Nunavut and Ontario <laughs> are the only provinces and n- territories with no brick and mortar dispensaries.
0: Sorry, that, what you so, mean?
1: none of us no in front. Ontario are the only two, so province and territories in all of Canada that have no brick-and-mortar legal cannabis dispensaries. The only two. Everywhere else has dispensaries. Are you serious? Okay. Yep. Hm. The Yukon has a dispensary before Ontario. <laughs> really? Yes. That is I read horrible. an article on it two days ago. I
2: would like to say I've been to the Yukon, I've been to Whitehorse, lovely mm. town, and they have actually two Starbucks stores there.
0: That's so you know
2: you know that it's like <laughs> where is the Zia? yellow
0: knife
1: yellow
2: knife is Northwestern. Turtle. oh yellow uh,
1: knife yellow knife I'm winning <laughs> is that the one by Great Bear Lake.
2: Yeah, that's north, okay. uh, that's north. That's northwest territory. Great Bear
0: Lake. We've got we've got Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> we have Yellowknife. You know, put them all together. This is we've just got a geography we've lesson. We've got Innovit. Innovit.
2: <laughs> Whitehorse is in actually it. a huge music town as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's apparently a r- White really horse. cool. place There's a. It's a really there, cool is, there's place a, to live. There's yeah. a band. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that's actually I mean, cool. Maybe there's something. I guess horse.
2: Yeah, I've only I've only flown through there. I've only like connected. No, that was crazy horse. It's a pretty cool place.
0: Yeah. Katie's sister. I've always from wanted to go to Sol, I think they they're a white, white horse. No, that's the name of their band.
2: Oh. <laughs> guys, this podcast isn't working because Tyler and I are having a conversation <laughs> oh, and you guys true. are having a conversation.
0: All right, let's get into this. Right. Oh, thanks, Vicky, who's right. putting us back on track. Okay, so we're going to get into you. We're talking about where none of it is. In a Vic fucking yellow
3: knife. Yellow knife. I'm
0: going to, I swore because geography just honestly pisses me off. Okay, so let's start. <laughs> are we ready to start? Okay, mm-hmm. yay. Uh, I know you're not going to be talking about the news today, but I would like to. I mean, there are a couple things in the news that we should mention, no? Okay,
1: yeah, there are some things I can definitely mention like, in the news. Uh, I can read off some headlines for sure. You know? Some um, stuff that, like, A, oh. just struck my interest was Ontario and Nunavut being the only two places in Canada without legal dispensaries. Ontario being the largest populace within any province is ridiculous. And. Apparently, from what I've read, April 1st is when we're supposedly getting them, but that's still iffy because there are a lot of issues with getting supply and actual locations that you can run out of.
2: Do you think people actually want to go to stores, though?
1: Yes. I think people want to go to stores over ordering online.
2: But so many people order stuff online. Right. Like, I avoid malls at like all costs. Right. I just don't order think, stuff online. Think of it yeah.
1: this way. When you want to use cannabis, yeah. you have that feeling you want to use cannabis. Do you want to wait three days till you get it? Or do you want to go in a store and buy it? That's a good point. Same with beer. Think but about I mean, if you like, had to order beer.
2: Well, I don't drink, so that's sort of like who cares. Mm. But uh, I don't know. That's
0: great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. But uh, I mean, like, it's not like you can go to a cannabis store and get a sample or something, right? So, nope. like,
1: then actually, the-, the only place you can do that is now Alaska. Wow. Alaska, you can go in and you can try and smoke inside the dispensaries. First place to do it.
0: Sorry, that's actually kind of cool. In Alaska, but Alaska is not Canada. No,
1: I know, but I'm just saying. In general, there are they are moving. But that was a good
0: thought that it was because when you go to Alaska, (laughs) you go through Canada, (laughs) where I've been. Mm. Yeah, that's where my legs got mangled on the mountain. Oh, and uh, in 2015, something like Mm. that. They they're basically like we're Canadian. It's fine. Basically, what I'm getting (laughs)
1: at by saying that is hopefully within the future that they'll look at things like what Alaska's doing, mm. where you can actually sample the products and see the products. Because as of right now, I don't think in Ontario, you're going to be able to visibly see the product when you go into the store. Right. It's still going to be a shot in the dark. Um. But you might does, be able to see one yeah. sample, but what you actually purchase wouldn't be that.
2: Right, but you're never going to get that consistency with buying cannabis, right? Like one bud's going to look...
1: One bud will always look different, different, but yeah. the things that are important would be terpene profiles within it and that where if you have say you ordered 64 kilos from an LP the range in terpene profiles and in actual cannabinoid content in those batches of, that thing. in those batches of cannabis could be extremely drastic from room to room and we're lighting we're live too so we're lighting comes into play their atmosphere if anything's different in those rooms there's a good chance that that other cannabis is going to be completely different
2: Right. I don't know. I don't like growing cannabis just seems a lot more. There's a lot more moving parts and a lot more variability than like Mm -hmm. making beer. 100%. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't maybe think that having like actual storefronts would add that much more.
0: I -hmm. think the purpose of having a storefront for legal cannabis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I look at what is useful.
1: it's useful. I look at one of the biggest complaints on Twitter towards the OCS store was the OCS store is the worst drug dealer in the world. What drug dealer makes you wait 3 <laughs> days and then doesn't have the product you want?
0: It's just a bad business model. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's having fair. I mean when I look at the dispensary model, the illegal black market dispensary model, I, it was huge. Okay. You had they, you had guys here in Hamilton literally standing up in the uh, in the well, yeah, and then, <laughs> but but then standing up in in city council saying on our best day we made eighty thousand dollars and never paid a penny in tax, right? So mm-hmm. which which needs to change because we need to tax tax stuff, it, uh, you know, and uh, <clears throat> or at least pay their share. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, I believe in a free market, so I do know that the that that you know from a legal perspective you get to go in, smell, touch, feel. You probably mm-hmm. don't get to touch too much, mm-hmm. but being in the environment, I think that the cannabis connoisseur is a little different. Than the beer connoisseur beers in a can, it's closed off. You can't see it, whether it looks the same. No one's really looking at, at, at the beer can, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, scotch may be a little different because you want to see the color. You want to see the legs, wine, all that stuff, which is why they have that cannabis. On the other hand, you want to make sure the butt is tight. You want to make sure the crystals are on it. You want to make sure that you can smell it and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, you know, there's a whole process that the connoisseur of cannabis appreciates over Mm -hmm. somebody who just drinks beer yeah
2: so when you're saying like you can actually see the cannabis, you're gonna be able to inspect what they like give you to buy you won't see what you
1: can buy but you can see what it might resemble
2: right so there's gonna be
1: a small nug in a little jar that you can look at but what you're gonna get will be different
0: oh because it's in a closed off
2: yeah yeah, so that that's my like Mm. concern right is that you know where
0: i need a drink
2: they're gonna give you the prettiest nicest like Perfect, see. yeah, perfect yes, thing to see, legal. but like doesn't necessarily In translate reality, to what you're
0: actually getting,
1: right? When you go to see your dealer down the street, he'll show you everything he's got. <laughs> which is
0: why, well, which is why the latest study shows that uh, you know the black market still represents eighty percent of the market. Yes. Uh, which brings us to another point, and the point is that cannabis still costs us a fortune.
1: Yes, one hundred percent.
0: And you know, the call I once had this conversation with somebody. We're still on the news. We're going to be talking about this the whole time, but. Um, the the Colorado experience, and they said, you know what, what's going to end up happening is you're going to find that the prices are going to decrease the same mm-hmm. way they did in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason is because it's just the law of proportions. You know, yep. You're going to have so many people using it, the cost is going to drive down, and then you're, uh, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. And then the... Uh, yeah, basically, you. the supply has to
1: meet the demand and the price per pound and, has to go down.
0: And right now, they can't meet they the can't demand. So the price is going to stay jacked yes. up. You know, when it's going to change, are by these companies that are growing cannabis in foreign countries, paying dirt cheap for their cannabis. This, but to me, this mm-hmm. also raises an issue. Mm-hmm. We have issues with buying clothing from other countries. Right. Yep. We have issue with uh, with uh, you know uh, child labor in countries and all mm-hmm. these other things. How are those issues going to be dealt with? When it comes to cannabis. Um and, and I
2: and I feel like there's the quality and the inspection component right. as well. Like wasn't that one of the government's mandates is that we were gonna the
1: sort of ensure
2: terms. some sort of uh So uh, like
1: right now there are huge hurdles you yeah. would face <laughs> trying to import anything from a foreign country. Yeah. There's huge hurdles. Well do they're that, doing right? it though. They are, but you just gotta get through those hurdles.
0: Right. And so quality is one of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I you know, the thought in my mind. Again, is uh, exploitation is exploitation of those countries. <clears throat> you know, I sat with I've sat with countries, and there are you know because they you know, they come looking for medical advice and stuff like that, um, and uh, it's funny because you know other countries come looking for it, and when you're here and you give it, no one listens. But over yeah. there, they, they tend to listen, and uh, <clears throat> and and these guys are just you know a lot of them are just in, in, interested in decreasing their gross domestic uh, gross domestic product so we're mm-hmm. increasing for um, sure it's and, a big
1: commodity big money and
0: and it's right and it but at what cost right you they're growing mm-hmm. cannabis in uh places like zimbabwe and places like jamaica mm-hmm. and uh mexico and colombia and all these places in mm-hmm. brazil and wherever it is at dirt cheap two yeah. cents a gram less right <laughs> how oh, much yeah. are you paying your workers it's the same the thing too Maybe is a lot of in
1: cannabis before the, and a lot of that market in those countries think of where a lot of those farmers have come from too i don't think they would be coming from the most legal aspect right so the way they run their farms yes there's a good chance they do undervalue their employees yeah mm.
0: yeah I, I hear that All right, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Just looking at some other news here, it says marijuana, they still use, even the Growth op uses this term. I I hate that word. So cannabis won't solve the opioid crisis, they say, but could be part of the solution. Now, I don't know where they got this information. It says um, diehard cannabis advocates would like... uh, like to convince the population that cannabis legalization will be the magic cure-all for the opioid epidemic. I think the people that say stupid shit like this, you know, when they say the, I, I actually don't think cannabis advocates think that. No. no. Uh, I th- right. Right. I think that. I think the people that are saying this again come in it with this confirmation bias, saying, "Oh, you like to think it's going to cure everything." No one's fucking saying that. They right. <clears> They <throat> I know I'm swearing a lot don't put in a loony though uh, I can't, can't afford a loony today
2: well then maybe that'll actually change your behavior <laughs>
0: right that's another point I didn't realize that the thing I don't know why I never clicked in my brain that a swear jar was to try to get you to stop swearing like I don't know what I thought it was for I thought it was just fun
2: can um can I jump in on the whole marijuana versus cannabis thing yeah so I started thinking about this. Maybe we should like even do away with cannabis as well. Like maybe we should just talk about THC versus CBD. Okay? Because uh, like the rec market that's they really just want THC, right? And yep. the, the medical like sort of uh, market wants usually more CBD than THC. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you say cannabis, like maybe people are confused by either or, or like I think we need to be like maybe more specific. Um, Okay. With uh, with our terms and like what we're <coughs> referring to. I like the point.
0: I think when it comes to extracts too, and like all of the other stuff, it's <clears> going <throat> to be more important to like, actually talk about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like I think when people say marijuana, they're probably more referring to THC.
0: Is that what you think?
2: Yeah, because I feel like you see marijuana in the rec market, or like you among lay people, that sort of thing, uh, who don't mm-hmm. maybe necessarily know the benefits of CBD and how. You know, and, and think of CBD as a medicine, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, I was, uh, there was one guy, um... Alex Brensen or something. He was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast.
0: Who, with Mike? Don't, Case, did you listen to?
2: I listened to part of it, but Kay. he was saying, you know. Don't was... listen
0: to a fucking thing he says.
2: Yeah, okay. Wait, can he... we just like.
0: He... No, he had nothing useful to say. So if you're going to give him something positive, you I... can. Are you going to say something positive about him? Because no, I was not. not. Okay, I was just go. bringing
2: up uh, one of their points of discussion, which was uh, he was arguing that cannabis is not uh, a medicine. And mm. I obviously feel. <laughs> like differently disagree. about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like I think they they did talk about, you know, maybe labeling things a bit differently so that you're very clear about what you're mm-hmm. uh, using or what you're um, speaking about, right? And I, I think that it, mm. it is worthwhile to separate THC from CBD. So And like not put them maybe under the same umbrella as cannabis because people are starting to use cannabis and marijuana interchangeably, right? But... Um, that's maybe a bit of a disservice to, you know, people who only use CBD, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, um, I still feel like a lot of patients feel very stigmatized, particularly by a lot of their family physicians for asking for a referral Mm -hmm. for medical, for asking for a referral, the medical cannabis, right? So if uh, maybe you uh, framed it that you're going for a consult for CBD, Mm -hmm. that's very different than, you know, asking for, a, it has a much you know, different or, ring to it. Yeah, right. right. Like well, it, uh, there's less stigma. <clears throat> you're cutting, you're cutting it all out, right?
0: Uh, sorry, guys, I'm still suffering from this thing. I'm going to agree and disagree. I agree from the perspective that we should be more specific in when when talking about cannabinoids. But when we refer to cannabinoids, we're referring to when we say the word cannabis, we're referring to all the whole cannabinoids plant, in whole the whole plant. plant. Yeah. The, right? So we're talking about the whole plant. <clears throat> and I'm a believer that cannabis as a whole plant is beneficial. Yes. Now, we yep. say, "Are you, I'm going for cannabinoid therapy. I think that's fair. That might be better. Mm-hmm. I think cannabinoid therapy is, is probably better than saying the word just cannabis, because what does that actually mean? Yeah. Right. But uh, so I actually, I, I, I kind of, so I agree from you from the perspective of being, being specific in the terms, in the form that maybe we should start, Referring to cannabis as cannabinoid therapy. Mm-hmm. I think that's right?
2: better. Yeah, I like that better. is just
0: saying I'm using cannabis as medicine or yeah. medical cannabis. It's medical cannabinoid therapy. Yeah. I, I like that better. Because um, I and I and I used to when I first started. Funny enough, I used to talk refer to when people would refer to what I did. I'd say, excuse me, I, I practice cannabinoid medicine. Mm-hmm. We have an endocannabinoid system, so mm-hmm. the cannabinoid represents the actual chemical, mm-hmm. and therefore that's what it, we should probably call it. In the recreational market, I still think we have to do away with the term marijuana because mar- yeah, <coughs> marijuana is a derogatory term. We know mm-hmm. it's uh, where it's derived from, and for those who don't know, it's uh, derived from um, a term that was used to depict uh, lazy Mexican white knife wielding. Humans um, mm-hmm. during a time of uh, dark racial uh, segregation in the United States by a guy by the name of Harry Ansley Aslinger, who was the first deputy chief of uh, Aslinger, Aslinger? I think it's Aslinger something like that. It's one um, of those. Who was the deputy chief of, uh, or the first deputy chief of Narcotic, Bureau of Narcotics in the United States. Uh, and he came up with that term uh, to help demonize both cannabis and demonize an entire population of people all at the same time, and he did a really good job of it. So uh, we we should be doing away with that term altogether. But where I so where I do agree with you, is that we should be talking about cannabinoid therapy. Mm-hmm. Why I say that, why I don't think we should just talk about THC and CBD or go, going for CBD therapy or whatever, mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. we're all I think we're all stigmatized still against the notion that THC is beneficial for us. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: no, I agree. THC definitely has a, a lot of
0: It has medical uses. benefits.
2: Absolutely, yeah,
3: yeah,
0: for, for sure. For sure it does. And uh, there's studies going on now taking away even that you can combine it with a specific substance and take away the euphoric feeling even of THC. Even
1: the benefits
3: of CBD are enhanced just
1: by a little THC. Yeah. They work together. Yeah. yeah. That's why mm-hmm. a, a whole plant extract is nine times better i mean i, I it's usually I, better
0: the the evidence i mean i don't know but i'm, I'm gonna yes there there is evidence well the so evidence comes to
1: when you use a whole plant extract you're getting all the original terpenes back you're getting all the original cannabinoids back that need to work in unison to actually give you the relief when you guys
2: say evidence mm-hmm. are you like referring to like
0: human a- trials
2: right actual human trials
0: correct That's what when I say evidence, I refer like RCTs. I refer well. RCTs were designed for one purpose, and that was to help a pharmaceutical company get a medicine to, to, uh, to what's it called to market. So not all evidence needs to be an RCT. No,
2: no, I agree. I I think there are. So many strains mm-hmm. available that but basic science and on epidemiolo- epidemiological evidence right. in cannabis is, I think, quite you're, valid. And
0: we're still, th- but you're also still thinking of when you're, you're thinking about a therapeutic effect, every type of study. So, in here, let's get a little bit of research methodology going. When we talk about re- research methods, it depends on the outcome you're looking for. Are you talking about a harm study? Or are you talking about a, mm-hmm. um, a, um, um a, a diagnostic test are you mm-hmm. talking about a therapeutic test uh, are you talking about a non-inferiority superiority trial it all depends mm-hmm. on what your outcome is mm-hmm. that's how you're going to design the trial so yep. if you're looking for uh for a a, a a basic science to see if THC helps potentiate CBD you're not going to want to do a RCT those studies mm-hmm. would probably come they like wet Lab. That's right. That's a wet yeah. lab. That would yeah. that would be a a. Uh, what do sex. you mean by wet lab?
2: Like uh, a lab, like laboratory like, base. It's uh, okay. like not.
0: You don't have to do a uh, clinical study. Uh, oh, so you can do it be, all in a lab. Yeah,
2: it'd be like okay. uh, in vitro versus right. in vivo.
0: So it's not going to be like a human here, take the THC, take the CBD. I don't know how that's interacting. So they'll take it, they'll put it into like a Petri dish. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm just making, or like whatever they're using, drop it into something and Mm -hmm. see how it interacts. Okay. And that's, we call that evidence still. That's Mm -hmm. still evidence. That's still objective Mm -hmm. science. It's evidence. It's, Right. So then we would, from that, for example, that, hey, here's a little more research methodology, what you would do is then say you took like those two substances, put them together in something, mm-hmm. and then go and study them on a human. If you want to study its effect on a human, then maybe doing an RCT is important. Okay. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are so many different ways to set up RCTs. Not mm-hmm. all of them are that important. <clears throat> Observational data and in some in epidemiological studies, you go to sociology, you go to anywhere outside of medicine, you're not going to find an RCT. but we still call it objective evidence so when i say evidence i'm talking about scientifically Mm -hmm. based using scientific methodology i think people
2: i think a lot of physicians really want some rct Mm -hmm. evidence to really get on board with the cannabinoid
0: therapy right so there is rct evidence for cannabinoid therapy is there rct evidence regarding the use of THC to potentiate CBD. No, No, you can't even do that study. The problem with physicians is that we are so fucking narrow-minded, I'll (laughs) I'll put money in, and you can argue with me all you want, physicians, that all you hear about in medical school and residency is do an RCT. RCT, RCT, highest level of evidence. That's not true. You can comment.
2: Well, I feel like an RCT is the highest level. Or it's An not N of one li- trial or, or, or. is the highest
0: level of evidence.
2: No, that, that so...
0: <clears throat> you just statistically can't, it's just not population-based.
2: I would agree that as clinicians, we learn far more from patients and how we treat patients than you know, reading some RCT and trying to generalize that to our patient. I would
0: agree I with that. I love that we have her today, <laughs> like uh, a discussion. I Hi, am, people yeah. watching, I people uh, like it or what?
2: So I, I, I would definitely agree with that. And I think the other component is that, you know, like we just want to help people. Yeah. And so if we see very <coughs> little risk to something, and you know, potential benefit, then I think we would also try that as well. Mm -hmm. Even if the evidence in the medical literature would not support that.
0: Right. Um, So where I will will agree and mm -hmm. where I do agree is, I don't agree when somebody says, well, we don't need evidence. We can just use anecdotes and shit like that. That's not what I'm talking about. No. We're still talking evidence. We're just not talking necessarily RCT. Isn't always the best way to design a trial, um, unless it's yeah. a therapeutic trial. Yeah,
2: I think it, yeah, depending on what you are trying to That's study, right, right? I, mm-hmm. I agree with that, right? I, I think She agreed some, with me. <gasps> uh, she's trying to. I think some things are like, I, uh, well that, I mean like that is the hierarchy, right? Like an RCT, is, or sorry, I guess it would be like a meta-analysis would be the, like okay. the ultimate level of mm. uh, evidence.
0: So, Um. right. So, we have to... So, at the end of the day, the bottom line is you have to make sure you're studying what you're trying to study. Yeah. Which uh, brought me to the myth that we were talking about, that I spoke about on my... I don't know if anybody actually read it, because most people only like when I post pictures instead of actual, the actual (laughs) words, you know, where I wrote fact. Um, What did Mm. I write? What was it about? Uh, You
1: write a lot of stuff. I could start naming some of it. No,
0: the the myth of... um, of cannabis as a gateway drug. Fact, oh, it's a myth God, that cannabis yeah. is a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. And that's selection bias, right? So, because yeah, you You have to choose the population you mm-hmm. want to study. I'd say alcohol is the biggest uh, gateway drug by well, far. Well, I, I mean, I think, again, that's just bro science, you know? I had people telling me caffeine is. I have people. I, uh, you know what I think? <clears throat> you know what I think the largest gateway drug is? Policy. Government policy. Mm. That's the largest gateway drug. You make something mm. illegal. You yeah. put so, you force somebody to go somewhere. Government policy is the largest gateway. Yeah, mm. the opioid all these epidemics are come back to policy and so policy is the gateway drug in my opinion but do i have and do i have scientifically sound evidence for that no i can't no. sound. <laughs> but that's just my opinion <laughs> okay so we almost finished one uh, one topic but actually uh, let's see does anyone have any questions yet no you no? were going to talk
1: about oh, you want to talk about smoothies now i want to talk about smoothies okay so like i was saying earlier cbd smoothies are great for soothing pain easing your anxieties, reducing inflammation, and recovering from after exercise. Now here are four recipes that you can use at any time of the day. I'll let you know what time's best for what. And there actually is one that's in here that's really good for recovery from exercise. Okay. So the first one we're looking at is kind of a, you can drink it and know it tastes really good, but without the guilt of eating really bad things. So it's a mint chocolate chip smoothie. So you'd base it with avocado, banana, tofu, peppermint extract, and a toss in your favorite chocolate chips, white chocolate, dark chocolate, whichever you prefer. And then you could use CBD isolate or decarb CBD flour. Add that in. Use what you prefer over if your base is yogurt or if your base is almond milk. Either will work. Toss it all in the blender, blend it up, drink it. Almond milk's
0: better than coconut milk.
1: Yeah. I didn't say coconut milk, though. I said... I know uh, you
0: didn't. That's okay. why... I, okay. I, right away. like everyone. I'm just pointing that out. I didn't say coconut
1: milk. Okay. So whichever you prefer, use those and it will blend up. It will have a nice minty chocolate taste, but without pumping it full of just mint and chocolate. So you have your healthy bananas, your avocados, your tofu in there to get your nutrition as well. You can enjoy that usually in the evening. Sound like the price
0: is right. You can enjoy that with yeah. a new
1: car. I'm getting better at this co-host
0: thing. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, good.
1: <laughs> so you can enjoy it in the evening. It can also help you to relax before bed. There's not really anything in there other than the sugar that might keep you awake. Another- Use Stevia. Yeah. Or honey. Honey yeah. Honey would be great as well, 100%. Yeah. Or uh, um, guava syrup as well. Guava, guava. The next one I was looking at is a blueberry smoothie, which so just really rich in antioxidants. Um, you could use, like I said, again, CBD hemp oil, or you could use your isolate, or you could just use the raw flour as long as it's decarbonized. So, so, with this one, you'd you want, want to
0: combine a little bit of almond milk, bananas, a dab of honey, and, and you could add in a little bit of blueberries and then maybe, maybe something like pomegranate as well to help boost those antioxidants. This can help lower your blood pressure as well because it has all those antioxidants in it this is a nice one for the morning so let me ask you a question <clears throat> what's up um let's go back to we. okay we all know how to make <laughs> we all know how to make uh what are those things called? Smoothies. Smoothie. I was saying, haha, because I was laughing in my head. I have no idea yeah, how to make no a smoothie. <laughs> but if but if I did, let's go back to the infused part of that. Okay. So how do we infuse it? What are we doing? What do you do? Um, Just I know it said you can use your hemp oil. People don't have these things. So. Yeah, they do. So your CBD oil is... Yeah, bad. they do. You, if you have CBD oil, oil from any
1: licensed producer in Canada, except for some. The majority are made with MCT oil, which mixes into any smoothie very easily.
0: So then you it just take, so your normal dose, how much?
1: Whatever your dose
0: is. And that would be a smoothie. So then be okay. A smoothie. So
1: say you take
0: a ml and a half in the morning, and that's 35
1: milligrams of CBD. Add that into your smoothie. Can you hear Drink my away. eye? Blink. <laughs> <You> got, <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. So, so yeah, you would dose ADOS. as you would be dosing yourself. So it's just a nice, more enjoyable way. Some people do complain about the taste when putting it under
0: their tongue. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, did you have something you wanted to say? Take it under your tongue. Well,
1: it's just an easy way to combat the flavor of taking it under your tongue. This is an easy way to mask that
0: plant matter taste you get in a But so let me ask you a question. Let's go to juicing. juicing. Let's talk sure. about juicing cannabis. Okay. Juicing the leaves. The leaves. Hmm. So just the leaves. The leaves that normal people throw out.
3: Okay.
0: All- Okay, so that's what I'm asking you about. What do okay. you do? How do? You, how many leaves? How do you juice? How do you oh, juice? Can- cannabis when people, leaves, you need a ton
1: of raw material. You need an abundance. You got to be a grower to do that
0: thing. So when people say I juice cannabis, I juice the leaves. They're juicing a ton of
1: cannabis. So you
0: need- like, so like, let's ounces. be specific. You do. It's like
1: wheatgrass. Oh, wheat so
0: you got to cut like the, You need yes. to like cut you half, half a of uh, a half so an acre about for.
1: Cannabis leaf Remember booster juice
0: use used to have all that?
1: Yeah. Do you remember? It's like it doesn't look like there's much moisture in there. It
0: no, doesn't it doesn't at all. It looks super dry. Moisture.
1: Exactly. And that's you're trying to get that moisture out of it to create a liquid. So you need enough abundance. Seems
2: like it would be better to juice the stalks. What that can be, done,
1: but there's more therapeutic volume in the leaf. Like what? Mm, so that's okay. What, what, what is
0: the stock got? What's the difference? It's got THC. Let's TTS talk about the difference. Okay. Not
1: nearly as much as a bud, and then the, the flower has
0: nothing. The bud, the actual flower. No, has not the flower. No, no, not the flower. So I'm talking about the leaves. That's my. Yeah, bad. the leaves have juicing nothing. Juicing the leaves. Yeah, they have no juice. Because people juice the leaves. Yeah, it's very popular. You don't want to juice the bud. That seems like a big ass waste no, of time. No, you'd
1: want to decarb it and add it into your recipe. Right, of
0: course. But yeah. I'm talking about juicing. Juicing. juicing when people talk mm-hmm. about I juice cannabis, they're talking about juicing the leaves. Yes. And they juice the leaves for what therapeutic benefit? You What's get
1: your omegas from it, and there's an abundance of other, it's just a very mineral and nutrient
0: rich leaf. It is, huh? That, so, but it's is. just a leaf. It's just a leaf. It doesn't contain the cannabinoids. No, it's just the regular, not, it's got no. a good omega 6 to omega 3 so, ratio. On some fan
1: leaves, if you have like a, you let your grow go maybe a little bit longer, you can get some trichome development on them from off of the sugar leaves. On the leaf? Very, very little. On a fan leaf all sugar leaves are covered in trichomes but those are the leaves that wrap up on the bud usually you want to trim them off to make them look good and then you make stuff out of the sugar leaf or you can be like me and leave it on and just dry sift it all
0: (laughs) you dry sift the the actual so
1: well at least my last harvest what i did was i knew that i was going to be uh dry ice sifting all of my material so i didn't waste time trimming off all the sugar leaf and irritating those trichomes i kept it all as one and froze it and then refroze it with dry ice and sifted it through a 190 micron screen.
0: Really? Yeah. Huh. Have you ever juiced
1: a cannabis leaf? Not myself. I've seen it online. Um, yeah, I have. Right now, an abundance of How each, much? Ask him how much he's using. Two, ounce, two ounces a day. One full grocery bag
0: gives me about one tray of ice cream.
1: Yeah. That's actually that, not, that's that's not that bad. It's bad. not
0: as bad as I thought. And as as a <clears throat> I was asking because mm. I wanted you to talk about something, but I knew the answer. <laughs> I'm, just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding. I
1: was trying to get there. Okay. Mm. Uh,
0: no, I'm just kidding. But right. no the point being the omega three to omega six ratio, which is like one to three, something like that, is uh, is it's a per- is it higher? It's Very high in cannabis leaves. Yeah, Well what I'm saying is it's the perfect ratio. Though. Okay. Yes. The, I've the, heard that. I ra- don't really know. Yeah, myself the ratio but. of omega three to omega six is really important. Mm. Now, what is that important? Where is, like, the most important thing that we need omega-3s for? And omega-6. For your brain. Yeah. So when we talk about brain function, the number... So I used to think that the... And Dr. Comer, thanks very much for uh, correcting me on this. I used to think that the number one cause of Alzheimer's disease was... Dr. Squizzato. A. Aging. Aging. (laughs) B. Uh... I don't know. Make something up. <laughs> <laughs> Not using your brain enough, or see beta aggregation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Isn't like the synthetic sugar like linked to
1: Alzheimer's.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. the, but uh, I'll sort. So There's the, lots of things
3: linked to Alzheimer's. The question <laughs> is,
0: are uh, aren't sugars linked to Alzheimer's? So, so are like no, all. Yeah. Ones. Well, so are. That's what I meant. Synthetic. So are the. Uh, um, uh, GMOs and all those things because they they create they pretend to mimic the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids that we need in our brain the long chains and the medium chains which is MCT yeah. all that stuff they, they mimic them but they aren't them and so they change the neural connections that we have in our brain and they make them all well, f- not normal. That's, okay. See, I, you I don't yourself. use words like you her. caught yourself. I use words that, that, that make sense to all of us. So. Um, I
2: think they maybe create aggregates which block or inhibit the transmission of nerves.
0: That's true. So if
2: we're going to... <laughs> As opposed to, to, like, creating different pathways. Fair. I think... I think they just screw up the pathways that are there.
0: They screw up the pathways that are there. That's actually, she's, she's right. They screw up the, yeah. Hold on, let me, I'll get to your question in a second. So because they do all those, I don't even remember what the hell I was talking about anymore. Oh, so all of those like vegetable oil, that's why I don't use vegetable oil. And that's why there are certain oils that you want to cook with and certain oils you want to eat, eat. Because they all create these, they're, all, they're not the normal way that our brain functions on omega-3s and omega-6s. But that okay. being said, what the reason the one I used to think uh, the major cause cause of Alzheimer's disease was uh, um, beta aggregation. So neural tangling. Tau mm-hmm. proteins. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the accumulation of this nasty stuff in your brain. But that's a symptom, according to Doctor Comer.
2: I don't think we like fully have a handle on well, we uh, don't, Alzheimer's disease. But we used there's to like new a new theory that's that it's right. prions.
0: Yeah, and prion well, disease, and that's not new. That's pretty old, my friend. Is Your it? medical school was a long time ago for you.
2: I don't know. It, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm not. Cretzfeld-Jakob <laughs> disease and all no, that no, stuff. No,
2: they were just uh, like they weren't saying nece- uh, was necessarily. Is that a real?
0: That's real.
2: Yeah, that's Who'd mad say? cow disease.
1: Oh, okay. That's just another. <laughs> that's name. a really nice term for it. I like <laughs> that term.
2: No, they, they were just saying like not necessarily mad. Cow Eating disease, raw meat, but like, uh, okay. but other like prions are like causing. Uh, denaturing of proteins within the brain, which
0: yeah, but we know we know there's different types of dementia. That, yeah, of I course. don't know if that causes Alzheimer's dementia. I thought that caused like those other kinds of dementia. I'm not a dementia mm-hmm. master.
2: It uh, there's uh, Alzheimer's, vascular, and uh, yeah. Parkinson's, Parkinsonian, and, and, yeah, and
0: then there's one other one.
2: Yeah, I can't
3: remember it. Yeah, right now.
0: the one that other people get. The fruitsfeld nah. Jakob ones. But nah, anyways, I, I <clears throat> so that being said, so I agree with you that there's mm. lots of different ones. But when it comes to Alzheimer's disease, I used to think, I'm saying I was wrong. So just listen to me. Okay. Mm. I'm saying that I was wrong and used to think beta aggregation was the number one cause. It's a major mm. symptom thereof. And the reason why that's important mm. is because THC decreases beta aggregation. Mm. It's, a, the, it's a major inhibitor. Of beta aggregation, by the way. So that's why THC is great. Mm -hmm. But that being said,
2: is that uh, operating through a CBD? No, it operates through a CB one receptor. CB one receptor. receptor? Okay.
0: But the uh, and I mean, there's also it it may be a transient protein receptor. I don't know. I can't remember what it is to be honest. But it's one or the other. But I have the studies, Um, and those are in in uh, vitro, right? In vitro.
2: Or animal model. Animal model. Animal model.
0: Animal model. Um, animal. <clears throat> anyway, see, look at us being all all specific and shit. Uh, okay, so right. scientific. That's that's a better word. Um, so then, so now we have THC that decreases, you know, beta aggregation, which is a major symptom of uh, Alzheimer's disease. But then at the same time, you have a plant that has a perfect omega three to omega six mm-hmm. fatty acid, which is the number one preventer of Alzheimer's disease that we know of. That we know of things might change.
2: I thought the number one preventer for Alzheimer's disease was using your brain. It's okay. So like learning a language, (laughs) learning how to play an instrument, I thought there was better evidence for that. Omega (laughs) three is right now cutting edge nutritional supplement.
0: Cutting edge evidence is suggesting that it's omega three and omega six fatty acids. It's the fatty acids if you want to prevent it. You're right, there's probably a bunch of them together, but at least the evidence that I've seen and that I've heard within the last, I would say, two months are showing that. So you have cannabis that does both. You have to use your brain. It's use it or lose it. I think that's probably one of those. I think that's things. the b- bottom line. Yeah.
2: Like when we, we when we prescribe cannabis to people, we tell them, or certainly in chronic pain, I'm never going to fix their pain. I'm just going to help them manage their pain. What will right. fix their pain is exercise or therapy or whatever, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So I think that maybe omega-3s are an adjunct, but the real way to prevent Alzheimer's disease is to like use Stay your active. brain. Yeah, yeah. Keep your breath. I agree
0: up. with that. What's the question? It, it it quit and then it came back, but the uh one person was asking if um if flushing or using of pesticides affects the PhD and C D levels for LPs.
1: So Tyler. Yeah. Uh, um
0: <laughs> Can you repeat I, the question? I, 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 so there's the stuff I want you, to say. You, I don't think I can say.
1: You, <laughs> so
0: no, no, you don't have to use specifics. So the okay. question was, does flushing and using pesticides affect THC? Just give us an answer. What's going to affect the
1: abundance of that the
0: most the, is the of-
1: lighting frequencies you're using on the plant. Is what's going to affect your profiles in your THC, CBDs the most. Interesting. Um, and it's going to affect your terpene profiles the most. Now, using pesticides, especially spray-on pesticides, will clog up the stomata on your plant, which will lack off its breathing. So it will slow down the production of the plant as well. So I ref- I do not spray anything on my plants ever. I try and stay away from any mineral-based feeds or any feed that says any proprietary information is in it. All plants need 12 nutrients to live. And we all know what 12 nutrients is those are. Why give it anything else or any more than what, what it really nutrients? requires? Calcium, You magnesium? actually know these? Yeah, I've read that book. Of ten- <clears throat> George Cervantes. I'd like to yeah, say- yeah. Marijuana yeah. horticulture. <laughs> I've read that book a hundred <laughs> times. Really? Or at right. least. But yeah, it's still tried and true to stick to those methods for sure. I just would to refrain from using any spray on pesticides. If you must, if you're trying to remove spider mites and things like that early on in the stage of the plant soap use soap it's kind of natural in a way and it won't clog the stomata as much Can you as use like
0: organic soap yeah
1: 100 percent. it won't be as bad as other things and within lps i know they have used soap so it's one thing they do use and then
0: another- So, what's the question? Is it on, like, restrictions of pesticides and stuff? So, the question is, why don't we look to other countries on policy around cannabis use or on cannabis regulation? So, I think we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, in general, uh, Canada does a very good job of, and have done, I mean, has done, done a very good job at looking at policy from around the world. We've had um, we've had different little subgroups looking at these things with people on them that are actually very well known and respected within mm-hmm. the cannabis community and in the policy world. That being said, at the same time, at the end of the day, it's a political agenda that's going to decide does it won't get implemented and no matter what you know when they were talking about cannabis legalization and they had the steering group the canadian steering group they came out with a massive document on what we should do none of it was listened to right maybe some of it so -hmm. at the end of the day it becomes a political agenda yeah israel has done a wonderful job i mean you can go to any nursing home in israel and they have cannabis vape lounges Yep. like these are things. Yeah, these are things that are that that are actually happening. But Canada, as a federal policy, mm. we're one of the first nations to actually legalize cannabis just in general. You know, Abby Roach. You know, Abby, if you're listening, uh, I always quote you. Uh, she uh, she when she was on the podcast. Remember when she said, uh, "You know, the revolution's over. Join the evolution." Mm. And so, you know, there's going to be an evolution of of canna- cannabis policy, the same way there was for alcohol policy. Mm-hmm uh and i think in general canada canada is guiding the rest of the world versus the other way very around. much so
1: and i think when canada looks at it from what they learned from other countries look at some of the states that legalized it with looser laws where now they're having to implement laws and take away yeah. rights from people which is much much more difficult than adding those in later trying to take That's something away I mean, from someone's difficult but adding it in later is much easier so coming with a more strict strenuous approach could lead to a better future in my opinion
0: that's uh, that's a great mm-hmm. that's a great point <clears throat> very good point mm-hmm. okay so um dr Squizzato, we've we've gotten through a couple things so <laughs> let's uh, we've taught man we've we've got some good juices going on in there i got one more for recovery all right let's hear it real i want to hear the recovery one
1: real quick recovery <laughs> one uh again you can use oil isolate Remember but what? as long People as it's decarb, yep, too. they can hear. Me. Hey, so uh, this one is very simple. All it is is a little bit of chocolate, banana, a little bit of almonds as well. So you're gonna get your proteins from the almonds to help recover your muscles, and you're gonna get the easingness from the CBD to help soothe the inflammation and reduce the inflammation and the tension within the muscles. So it's very good to recover after a
0: workout with. You know, I hear these things all the time. See, I, I look at, you know, I see Vicky nodding her challenge head.
2: me i was uh so i went to uh big master for kinesiology on my mm-hmm. undergrad and uh As,
0: oh you went to mac
2: yeah i course. went to york yeah <laughs> you <laughs> can use a fork you can go to york
0: oh i missed the, the po- i look like you now <laughs> yeah
2: the point of the story was that uh Stu phillips uh was one of the profs at uh Do we need to- Mac and yeah, he, he did uh, yeah mm-hmm. so his uh, his big study was that chocolate milk was like the ultimate uh post mm-hmm. oh, recovery or post workout recovery drink.
0: Oh, I thought that was a commercial. Maybe you're confusing them. The com- uh, the original you know the commercial, the original recovery drink. Yeah, cuz yeah. they
2: probably used his research. <laughs> I was yeah. an undergrad like 15 years ago.
0: <laughs> oh, right. You're not 22, are you? <laughs>
2: I am not <laughs> uh, Doctor Squizzato.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, good point. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with sure. that. Chocolate and milk is the. I, I'm just. I'm just not so certain that we should be drinking milk. Period. I know it was taken off of the uh, the the Canadian Food Guide, mm-hmm. which I'm a proponent of. I don't know any other mammal who drinks somebody else's right. ma- Another milk. mammal's milk. So
1: this is made with almond milk, just so you know.
0: Yeah, almond milk, yeah. I'm like a proponent of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's high in protein. It's uh, it's a saturated it's an unsaturated. Unsaturated? Unsaturated. I think
2: it's unsaturated. I'm yeah,
0: I'm
2: gonna We're gonna go all with you gonna
0: guys. It's <laughs> <inside. It's
2: laughs> <an honest laughs> one. I'm pretty sure they're polyunsaturated, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it has uh it does have some calcium as well.
0: And yeah, it's yeah, got super and super. Well you got the banana, banana in pork. there for
1: potassium as well. So
0: you're you got it all. Got a lot of bananas.
2: My argument Bananas is that milk good.
0: tastes so good. Milk does taste. The milk good. does taste. <laughs> it hurts really my good. stomach so much.
2: It though. hurts mine too, man. I'm in a bad place. Yeah, ice <laughs> that's cream what too. I love my milk.
1: Uh, ice cream at 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: okay, McFlurry run. So we have an uh, actually <laughs> the, the question of whether that's really actually important. milk. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that. I, I, this weekend, I think I'm doing that um, event, the uh, exercise and cannabis event in in Mississauga at some that's culture uh evolution evolve shit evolution i don't evolve. know uh, I'll, I'll uh i'll plug evolve. it at evolution. the end i'll look it up guys i promise you <clears throat> elevate there you go boop there um you go. yeah so okay that was uh that was a great intro <laughs> that was a great <laughs> that was intro. that was it only took 45 minutes <laughs> the podcast longer. is done <laughs> the, okay <laughs> dr squizzado welcome the You've adventurer been,
2: <coughs> less so yeah. since having a kid
0: <laughs> yeah so also <laughs> mother uh, shoot i left a lot out so dr <laughs> squizzato tell us um tell us about yourself where did you do medicine
2: i did uh medicine at queens
0: oh you did and then you yeah. did uh, uh and then
2: uh, i did family medicine uh at mcmaster and uh anesthesia in toronto
0: and and your pain fellowship that you're currently doing uh that's in toronto as well Right, and you're going to do the, all the level two pain stuff. What that means right. is you do injections, epidurals, all this other right. business.
2: I, uh, epidural steroids, uh, nerve blocks, uh, and, uh, infusions as well.
0: All right. What have you seen? So then in, in and you also, you work in the pain world and you work in, you know, where you prescribe, do you prescribe opioids, Dr. Squizzato?
2: I, uh. Try really hard not to. Uh, Sometimes there's a place for a lot, of, uh, a lot of patients referred to me at uh, my pain clinic in Toronto uh, come on opioids, and the family doctors are uh, looking to me to take over the prescription uh, with the hopes of weaning people off their opioid. Uh, I've since sort of decided that it's probably not safe prescribing for me to prescribe out of that clinic because I'm only at that clinic, you know, maybe one day a week. Uh, so the the follow-up there just isn't uh, sufficient.
0: So what's your thoughts on prescribing opioids?
2: I think that they are, so as an anesthesiologist, I use opioids a lot. Can uh, get into
0: that? <laughs> We're gonna get you closer and Closer? Oh,
2: uh, so as an anesthesiologist, I use opioids a lot in the right. operating room and uh, post-operatively. Uh, so opioids, I think there's real value in using them in an acute setting, so for maybe like two weeks at a time. Beyond two weeks, I think that patients are...
0: In the acute only, care setting, opioids have a place, 100%. Yeah, for,
2: for two weeks, and then beyond two weeks, I think patients are really starting to take them more to prevent withdrawal. And, Interesting. Uh, and so I, I really...
0: I don't, know. There,
2: there's, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a huge role for them in chronic pain, but I I do recognize that there are some patients who are quite stable on an opioid dose uh, and it may be more than the recommended 80 morphine equivalents a day 90 uh, or, or 90 or, or whatever to it is. 90. I don't know, whatever Yeah, yeah it is every now. day they're changing. Yeah, it. yeah, so whatever that is, uh, there are some chronic pain patients who are on more than that recommended limit and they're quite stable and they're quite functional on that. And so... You know, I I feel like those people are now being forced by their uh, family physicians or pain physicians or whatever to to wean their dose down, and maybe that's a disservice to those people because now we're putting them in withdrawal, and now they're no longer functional. So I I think the opioid hmm. um, discussion is really tricky. Um,
0: it's a good point. I think you actually <clears throat> raised a really good point. There are people. <coughs> I'm a firm believer in not using opioids for chronic mm-hmm. pain, as I think you are. But right. you're, you're. Wait, hold on. Listen. I w-
2: I would not start someone on opioids. Right. So. But if I damn, in- just took my pain. But if I inherit someone on you opioids, I'm going to help gonna throw them through a it. dart gun at you. Well, you asked me to be on this podcast. <laughs> okay, you should have known what you were getting into.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well, that was my point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to say my point anymore. Belabor but um it. <clears throat> Okay, I'm gonna say it just because that's mm-hmm. your point. The uh, so I think what you're saying, then, Doctor Squizzato, correct me if I'm wrong. Is and I agree, there are people that are stable on opioids and mm-hmm. there's no, you know, and and functional, which makes yep. sense. Mm-hmm. And then they come to us and they're they don't even want to decrease them, and then they're sort of forced into this position. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have, a, you know, they have a therapeutically a therapeutic addiction. Um, yeah. which is, you know, we created this thing and putting them into withdrawal is going to happen and then they become unfunctional. If functional outcome is our goal. Which in chronic pain, it should be the it goal. Is, it should be the goal.
2: Because uh, elimination of pain is not a realistic goal. Right. So then you have to look to other measures and I would argue that other measures include like people's mood and their functioning in society and with other people, their sleep, all those things, right? Uh, so if those metrics are improving on opioids, it's hard for me to say that those opioids are not doing something good for those people.
0: Yeah, Um, I agree with that. I totally agree with that statement. I think that there is a role for, there. It's, there's no role for them if they haven't been started per se.
2: Right, I would not start someone on
0: it. <coughs> That's right. I would go with, instead of being the first line therapy or second line therapy, it mm-hmm. should, or first line pharmaceutical or pharmacological therapy, it should be a third or fourth line pharmacological right. therapy.
2: And we should also maybe clarify that we're talking about chronic non-cancer pain. Yes, right. Uh, because I think in cancer patients and palliative care patients, Mm -hmm. I think opioids are a very good option. Yep. Um, Why? uh, Because they have a terminal illness. And at this point, I don't really care if they're addicted to it or not. Right. Um, I just want them to be comfortable and have some quality of life from that, right? Um,
0: My thought, my thought, my thought is, whether they have cancer or non no cancer is sort of like what you started with there sorry, it's should, about sorry. functional outcomes
2: right I, uh, if I they should. can
0: function so what opioids do to people you know for the mm. most part is they bring them internal they make them like sort of like zombie zombie like and they aren't functional those who are excellent and, mm-hmm. and kudos to them the majority of people aren't. Um, uh, so whether it's cancer or non-cancer, I agree with you that I have a a much lower threshold for using opioids in cancer because it's so hard to treat and their pain is like, I mean, you- uh, uh, Sorry,
2: maybe I should um, say, maybe I shouldn't even make the cancer distinction. I should just make the palliative patient distinction. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of other conditions that uh, people um, may be palliating from other than cancer, you know, chronic COPD, we use opioids. In end-stage COPD to ease people's sense of breathlessness, right? right? So there's lots of good uses for opioids, much like cannabis. There's lots of good uses, and there's lots of like abuses or potential mm-hmm. bad sides as well. So I think opioids are a real tool that you need to have in your in the chronic pain physician's toolbox or the palliative care physician's toolbox. Like there's a real place mm-hmm. for them in medicine. We just maybe need to be less. Um, zealous with uh, swinging too far one way or the other. So like saying no opioids Mm -hmm. or like opioids for everyone and opioids for everything, right? Like we've, I think we've just created a situation where, uh, you know, we felt that, oh my gosh, everyone's in pain. We need to like, we need to treat this. We need to get on top of this. Mm -hmm. And then, so now everyone's on opioids and now we've got to a situation where we're like, holy smokes, Everyone's on opioids, and now they're dying from these epidemic, you know, overdoses, and da 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 right? So we we are so. It seems like we're so reactionary in medicine, and we just need to take a step back and take a breath and mm-hmm. just um, chill out and like just reevaluate yeah. things, right? Um, I mean, you know.
0: I'm going to drop the mic on that. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't even, I, you know, for, for a moment, I have nothing to say. does mm. <laughs> not happen off. Like, I, um, I totally agree with you. We have yeah. to, we swung so far in one direction. It's funny, people think that I'm fully, like, stuck, like, that I swing fully to the opposite side because I believe in using cannabinoids mm-hmm. as a therapy. But mm-hmm. remember, my research, for the most part, when I started, was in the, was in the side effects of cannabinoids. Mm. I am currently doing research for opioids, uh, you know, for cannabinoids uh, as, as, opioid to, reduction as therapy as opioid reduction therapy. And it's it's working very well. The study, this mm-hmm. first study, is almost complete. We're less than 40 patients away from completion. Uh, 1200 patients it's a big it'll be the largest study published to that to date on that there are other studies that are Mm -hmm. being conducted they're just not published yet so hopefully you know whoever we'll all finish together Mm -hmm. hopefully and then there'll be a large body of data coming out about these things
2: um i would also say that the this uh, she just quote unquote, to talk. She's, of course, I love well, talking. Now that I'm like oh, into, this. <laughs> this. Now now that I'm into this. Oh, she's over her
0: scaredness. Now she wants to that I'm into this. Now she's just like, screw it, I'm going to interrupt um, yeah. you every second. The,
2: uh, I feel like the opioid epidemic is also a very North American phenomenon. Uh, in Europe, opioids mm-hmm. are not prescribed in the same ways as they are prescribed here, right? You go for surgery here and you get sent you're sent home with like a month's worth of Percocet or something, right? In Europe you go home with nothing. You're told to take Tylenol, Advil, and ice the heck out of that yeah. whatever you did is right? that a true story it's a true story
0: how do you know that
2: uh, because I read journals
0: oh right yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> god damn it it's a reading geography <laughs> and...
2: um, so it, it's just uh, very different attitudes uh, it's nah. um, it's also about oh. uh, setting up people's expectations and managing expectations, right? Mm -hmm. People go into surgery, let's say they have their, they have um, chronic knee pain uh, from really bad arthritis, and they're going in for a knee replacement. They think that as soon as that knee is replaced and they come out of surgery, they're no longer going to have any knee pain. And that's totally false. You're still going to have knee pain, right? Mm -hmm. So people think, uh, oh, something went wrong or so, something's off, right? And so they need drugs for that, right? But mm-hmm. that's not the real treatment. So you really just need to manage people's expectations okay. uh, and and frame uh, our, like, medicine's limitation. Otherwise, you know, people, you know, think, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's two weeks after my surgery, I still have pain. I, I There must be something wrong. I'm, I need more drugs. I need more opioids, right? And then... That just sort of feeds into the whole uh, uh, development of tolerance and dependence.
0: Wow! So I'm writing things down because you say you, you're saying you. I know you're trying to leave. Is that what's happening? I'm not. My my husband is bugging me <laughs> because right. he's
2: stuck at home with my two sisters. Oh, oh <laughs>
0: great! That's, that's awesome. So, well, you said something that's really important uh, that I picked up out of that whole whole thing, and that's there's two things. One is expectations. Mm -hmm. I think it all comes down to expectations. And um, what is the ultimate goal? And the other thing is framing medicine's limitation. We're supposed to somehow keep... We're supposed to make everything better. So we band-aid it by giving people medication so that they don't feel what naturally they're supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. necessarily the answer. Our body feels pain because nature said feel pain. Right?
2: If... You injure it,
0: right. right? Right.
2: So we understand acute pain because we have tissue injury and there's uh, inflammatory markers released and da da da. You know all those things. Um, but once your tissue heals, which should be in four to six weeks, you shouldn't have any more pain. Right. And so we don't understand why some people still continue to have pain. And And, like, that's the real piece in chronic pain that we don't really understand. And it's frustrating for patients, but it's also frustrating for physicians because mm-hmm. f- as physicians, patients look to us to fix things, right? right? And so when people come to see me in chronic pain, I tell them right off the hop that I'm not going to fix their pain. I, so I, I set up the appointment so that they mm-hmm. know what to expect from it, right? right. Uh, and most people are quite uh, receptive to that. They're, you know, appreciative that, you know, I'm telling them,
0: the truth. Yeah. yeah being honest. Yeah. I, I mean. And,
2: and, that, and that helps them create more realistic and appropriate goals mm-hmm. for their pain management.
0: So on, on that note, you, you once said this thing, and I think I've quoted you here before as well. <clears throat> when we talk about health and wellness, um, we'll get back to cannabis in a second. You said something, and this is, and this was really going to be the focus of what I wanted to talk about today. But we're not going to have too much time to talk about it because <laughs> we're almost done. You said <clears throat> um, patients want a pill. I have said that before. Yeah, you're a family physician. I am. So you, I'm not a family physician. I, I've treated <clears throat> over, I've over hundred maybe fifty thousand patient visits now for chronic pain. Uh, and medical cannabis, and all this other business, mm-hmm. but as if I'm not a family physician, and one of, the ov- but one of the overriding things, and I think it's a good point, and we always talk about the first level therapy for any chronic condition, pain condition, is exercise and- Or any
2: condition actually. Right. I'd say exercise is the medicine's single silver bullet. Right. It's like recommend for anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. help with sleep, help with concentration, sexual function, like everything. Yeah. Anything, cancer. It's supposed to prevent cancer, right? Like mm-hmm. exercise is it. People don't want to do exercise. <laughs> people Not don't want to. Ch- people <laughs> don't want to change their diet and lifestyle. Those mm-hmm. things are difficult, and maybe they make some short-term changes. But you know, then something stressful in their life happens, and everything slides downhill, or you know, something mm-hmm. else in their life comes up. Right? These are really difficult things to change in your life. And I can appreciate that, right? Uh, so most people, you know, I make a diagnosis of hypertension or high blood pressure. And I say, I can give you this pill, or you can try six months of exercising every day and changing your diet. Stopping and, you know- Nine out of 10 stopping times drink, Yeah, pill. stopping or drinking alcohol. The- yeah. How, and- how, how hard
0: do you guys push like on the exercise? Like, how, how hard?
2: I think I like initially pushed harder and now I just don't care.
0: Right. Yeah. No, the truth is... You become
2: a little bit jaded and you realize that... Nobody gives uh, a fuck.
0: Well, people, it's not us. I I um, feel like... People don't want to put in the work. There's only so much we can do. (laughs) I can drag your face to (laughs) the water, but unless you go... and start slurping up the damn water, you're not drinking the damn water. Mm -hmm.
2: I am. I I think I'm just... It's super frustrating. Yeah. So as a physician, in order, you know, we talk about burnout and that sort of thing. And I think burnout comes from... Uh, expecting unrealistic things of patients as well. Yeah. You know, okay. I tell patients they have to frame their expectations. I have to reframe my expectations She's as well, cool. right? As opposed to, like, you know, for me, if I was told, I mean, I exercise and work every day and I eat relatively she cleanly. Jobs right? at like
0: four in the morning every day.
2: But so, you know, like if Sex. I was told I had to do something different Sex. in my life,
3: <laughs>
2: right? You know, maybe that would be really hard to change. I, like, I. These things are built into my life so they don't seem like big deals to me, but right. I recognize that someone who has been uh, sedentary their entire life and has you know eaten a different diet from me, changing those things is really big, mm-hmm. and it's potentially not sustainable uh so I think most people just want just want a pill uh. I see a lot of people, I, I probably like 50% of the people I see in family medicine are for some mental uh, health disorder, you know, depression, anxiety, what have you, uh, and everyone just wants a pill to make it better.
0: Give me the and, damn pill, doc.
2: Yeah, and in reality, yeah. there's actually not a lot of great evidence for SSRIs. Uh, for? For ser- uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Those are like- What we use- Those are standby antidepressants yeah. and anti-anxiety medications. Um, And the evidence is garbage for it, actually. The real evidence is exercise and diet. And like, those aren't sexy, Mm -hmm. those aren't easy to do. And, you know. It's much easier to take a pill every day as opposed to building a 30-minute workout into your day.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's hard sometimes to, you know, if you have anxiety, even just to get out of bed. Though some days, like that fear of, <clears throat> I mean, I'm I I don't have any like real mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs> ah!
2: Winning lying
0: is in there. I have no oh. mental. <clears throat>
2: Maybe Uh, just personality disorder. Yeah,
0: I have right. I have no. I I have no mental health problems um, that, Narcissist. I, yeah, that I know of, but, but no, but recently, like, you know, you can, you know, when, when the college comes around or when you do what you do, I, I've, I've know what it feels like to have anxiety every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you don't know, you're not hungry. You don't want to eat. You mm-hmm. don't want to do those things. So getting up to move is super unmotivating. So in that situation, that's where i say let's take the healthier option and that's something like cannabis in my mind where i'm not going to start an anxiolytic i'm not going to start an ssri i'm not going to go on all these drugs that really have no good fucking evidence either
2: an axiolytic means anti-anxiety
0: okay i know but you know i'm not gonna you know start those things you know uh you. and like benzodiazepines which are more addictive than alcohol and kill you just as bad as alcohol in withdrawal because they affect the same receptors in your body and they're metabolized in the same way or whatever. I'm not going to start those things, but I can start something like cannabis that's not going to be used as the end result. My goal isn't to use cannabis. My goal is to become active. My Mm -hmm. goal is to increase my hunger so that I no longer need to use what I started using, which was the cannabis, right? So I use it to get active. And then once you start getting active, you become more active and become more active. You become hungry because you become active and all of those things so that you then get off. So the ball just keeps rolling and the snowball Mm -hmm. effect happens. And then you can come back and say, I no longer need cannabis. So cannabis it's, a, it's right. <laughs> yeah. Cannabis is your gateway to <laughs> happiness. Health w- insanity.
2: That being said, I, I would agree that, like, or maybe like not agree, but I, I feel like people probably should go on medication holidays too, including like a cannabis holiday. Yeah, I, um
1: because uh, no matter tolerance no break no ma- is always good.
2: Yeah, w- like no matter mm-hmm. uh, your intentions for using a medication, any medication, you will develop tolerance, like because yep. the the body is built to adapt, and mm-hmm. so it will adapt to whatever you're giving it. Uh, So I I think it's worthwhile too.
1: I can easily admit I've been guilty in the past of (laughs) possibly overusing cannabis. Sure. In the past, I can say I'm guilty of it for sure. So we
0: have our. Do you think that since getting educated and doing all of the knowledge stuff that we do around here? Yeah, I do
1: practice more mindful techniques for
0: sure. Love that. One hundred percent. That's awesome.
2: I mean, we. So the reason you go into opioid withdrawal is that. When you start taking exogenous opioids.
0: Uh, uh, Opioids outside the ones your body produces.
2: Your body is no longer going to produce its own. Mm -hmm. So when you stop giving it opioids, the opioid system in your body starts breaking down, right? right? And if we have an endocannabinoid system, I would imagine that the response to taking Mm
3: -hmm. exogenous Exogenous cannabinoids
2: would be similar. Uh, So in chronic pain, I also advocate for medication holidays.
1: That makes sense. Can opioids mask like almost anything? Like, could they mask your taste of stuff? Like, I've, not taste he- of? He-
2: I've not heard that from you. Because I says. had
1: a friend who was very addicted to heroin, mm-hmm. um, got clean for like a month and a half, and I was in McDonald's with them, and they bit into a blueberry muffin
0: and collapsed to the ground crying. The first <laughs> it was time so they
1: tasted good. something so good. So,
0: so your number one perception, so yeah. <laughs> perception is super affected yeah. by by opioids.
2: Yeah, I think that's affecting more his uh, emotional control Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: it just struck me as like 100%. could it mask it that much? Yeah, yeah, yeah I he,
2: don't think he was under control of his emotions. So op- no, <laughs> our endogenous opioids play a role in regulation of our mood. Uh, And Mm. so when you come off opioids and in withdrawal, you're often super irritable or your mood is really labile. (laughs) And so that seems like a great example.
1: When he was coming down, uh, we were playing hockey and he got frustrated. And instead of leaving the ice by opening the door, he jumped over the glass in his skates. Wow. What? (laughs) He went to the boards in his skates because he couldn't get the door open. And jumped onto the boards and climbed over the glass out of the ring. Yeah, because he was frustrated. Yeah, shit, he that's he was crazy. Coming, I didn't
0: know he was addicted
1: to it at that time, but
0: that's probably when better he was than down. breaking the door or so, the glass. Yeah, I, I think we've been uh, we've been doing a really. I think this was great. Yeah, hold on, just before we're finished with you, um, <laughs> I think feel like someone you
2: just scratched the surface.
0: We did. We barely even started, <laughs> but it's already five o'clock. <laughs> If you can imagine, we've been going over, we've been probably. I can't imagine. uh, Can I finish my. I just wanted to touch (laughs) on this for the person who asked the question. Okay, fine. Hold on. We're almost at an hour and 20 minutes since we've started. Um, Just about that Mm -hmm. that time.
2: We can edit a lot out, though. We're not editing anything. (laughs) We'll edit everything out. I just wanted one last
0: thing. What (laughs) mountains? Mountains. Have I climbed? Yeah. Have you climbed?
2: So I've done a lot of trekking uh, in uh, the Himalayas and through Peru. And then the mountains that I have climbed have mostly been in uh, Ecuador. Uh, So I climbed to Three Eyes Peaks in Ecuador. um, And uh, those were... uh, uh, It's a woman who's like five foot one. Kambey, uh Cotopaxi and uh Chimborazo. Um Chimbo's pretty high. Very it cool uh, names. It was uh I didn't say them. I didn't do them justice.
0: I like <laughs> hey, I, cl- I, I, I climbed like, up Chimbo. R- <laughs> the,
2: the R's didn't roll off my tongue. Um I think Chimbo's around 6000 meters or 6100 meters. I can't remember exactly, but it's pretty high. It mm-hmm. was that was a really tough slog. Um and then uh, I tried to climb uh one of the highest peaks in Chile, but uh, it uh, that trip sort of was what? fraught with misadventures mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, some poor planning uh, on our, our guide's part. Um, so I didn't end up uh, climbing anything in Chile. Well, or I climbed Lascar in Chile, but that's not that high. It's only like 5,500 or something.
1: Oh, it's just nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's 5,500. Well, you know, It's barely yeah. worth I taking uh, a
0: for. <laughs> I did the Blue Mountain climb in the summer, just saying. That was hike. pretty active. Good hike. It was mm.
2: 5,500 feet. I,
0: uh, no, I, I've just, deci- i sort of I deci- Yeah. It's, it's like, it, you can jump like, to the top. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it's like 300 meters, oh, shit, maybe, maybe 375 meters.
2: I've sort of decided that I prefer trekking over summoning. When you uh, say trekking. Like just hiking through the mountains, back. And, yeah, back. And, and or switch yeah, back. Or, or just doing like a we're super
0: active, yeah, Just doing a road, back.
2: like just camping, like not necessarily summoning. So summoning, uh, you usually summon at night. So you like uh, you get up at uh, 10 p.m. or like midnight, and you climb through the night because uh, the idea is to summit. Uh, at sunrise like mm-hmm. or reach the peak at sunrise and the reasoning behind that is that the the snowpack and the glacier on these mountains is much more stable um yeah uh, when it's cold when it's, it's cold. cold and the sun hasn't been on minus it 15, melting, that sort of minus 15 minus right? 20 um and so but i mean like it sucks like you have no it's so cold it's so cold you can't see anything and like yeah, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, so it's not it, to watch sunrise. <laughs> it's it's incredible. You get yeah. to the peak and like the sun is coming I up. That watched. is the coolest thing. That just, is really cool. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like to slog like
0: nine hours through the night top of a mountain. <laughs> I watched oh that God. documentary. <laughs> is the Earth flat from up there? Um, no. You I see a little. I, so, what do you mean? So no, so no so the, the Earth is not flat. No, not the, at all. do you think the Earth is flat? I said no. No, you didn't say no like in a in like a. Is the Earth flat?
2: So can I expand on what I was going to say? See,
0: that's not even a no. That's a maybe.
2: <laughs> so I don't think that the Earth is flat. I obviously think it is round. When you're on top of the mountains that at least I've summited, mm-hmm. you're like above the cloud line. Right. So like you can't see, you earth. Can't see earth. You just see clouds.
0: clouds. Okay. Don't you cool. see like the refraction? I so just posted a, and posted a The the. On top of, uh, I, can't remember. I just watched Free Solo. Yeah. Uh, like. Oh my dude, that guy, that's that is nuts. Oh, climbing mountains it, with no rope. No, dude, cl- climbed El Cap like no rope, like no tw- rope. what yeah. is it, yeah. <clears throat> thirty-two hundred yeah. square, huh, three-two feet his, like,
1: or some shit. Yeah. If he stopped, he felt wow. like he would die. That guy,
0: dude, like you're yeah. not, you felt like you yeah. stop, you yeah. die. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> it's great. They said this one thing in the movie that I'll never forget, like I forever will re- remember. So imagine being in the Olympics and having to win the gold medal. Mm-hmm. But if you don't win the gold medal, you die.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much what that <laughs> is. So
0: you, know, there's <laughs> you see that? Guy, like, you um, die. So if you don't, okay, on, on if that note. first, yeah. you're last. <laughs> on that note, uh, finish off with what you're going to oh, say. Oh, hold on. I was
1: going to say one more crazy thing. In Squamish, BC, not too long ago, a guy did like a 250 meter. Um, tightrope walk with no wire so with like a huge drop loam and he had the first five feet he fell and he had to grab onto it and pull himself back up and he made it across.
0: And, and people, he kept was going. Nuts. You know, the problem wow. with these solo guys, they all die. Yeah, they probably And two did. of them died during the making of the movie like the dude's yeah. buddies. They're like, oh, this guy. Oh. So to touch
1: on the point that I made for the question, what I was referring to in the fact, that... What was that, the question? So the question about... Uh, will using pesticides and flushing your plants increase your potential for thc and cannabinoids can you describe what flushing your plants means? flushing your plants is flushing out the nutrients and chemicals you've used to feed them prior to its harvest so you'd want to flush for like 21 days to flush out all how do you things. flush you use good pure reverse osmosis water and what do you, you do you flush the plant you, you just pour water into it it's clean into it, out. it? You feed it. Oh, okay. So you're feeding it water instead of nutrients to flush (laughs) out the nutrients. So when you do indulge in the plant, you're not indulging in an overabundance of nutrients. So to touch on that point, uh, if we go way back to 1873, the law of minimum was published by Gustafs von Liebig, I hope I'm saying that right. But basically Same what it states is, <laughs> it sounds real to me. What it states, because,
0: if, otherwise known as I know Jeremy it sounds Smith weird, but Omaha. Yeah. this is tried
1: and true for every single oh, yeah. plant on the face of the earth. Okay. So this is exactly what they all need to survive and what they just basically what they need to survive. So, they need copper, sodium, oxygen, magnesium, uh bronide carbon dioxide zinc warmth light water nitrogen phosphorus phosphate potassium calcium magnesium and sulfur the iron and chloride of
0: the- so those, those, those are all
2: things we need those yeah. are all <laughs> things
1: we need as well but all that they say within like what gustaf was basing this on is if one growth factor or nutrient is deficient The plant growth is limited even if all other vital factors slash nutrients are adequate. So meaning you could be giving it all the best nutrients it needs overabunding it. But if you don't have the proper warmth and light, the plant's not going to grow no matter what you give to it. So plants need all of these aspects in a proper growth to actually make them grow. So when you're looking at cannabis, the closest nutrient soil factors to cannabis are actually tomato plants and poinsettias.
2: Say I that did again? The, I knew The, the tomato closest
1: plant. plants to grow with poinsettia? the same. Poinsettia and tomatoes are very similar in the nutrients and amount of nutrients they need to survive to cannabis. They're almost identical.
0: Interesting, poinsettias yeah. is poison too. Yeah, so are tomatoes technically in the ground. My ex-wife's uh, in-laws used to have. <laughs>
1: If you plant tomato plants around <laughs> other,
0: plants,
3: <laughs> We're kill kill other plants, tomatoes will kill other plants.
1: What's that? Tomatoes are mean plants. They they can poison the earth, the tomatoes. Plant a ton of tomatoes for a long time and one Tomatoes aren't,
0: aren't, aren't
1: great, are no, they? No, if you if plant they, other things do there. Do they pump
2: too much nitrogen into the they soil? They pull
1: a lot of nitrogen out of oh, the soil. Oh, they pull and it out. They leach state. it. They're, same with corn. Corn's a huge nitrogen booster. So that's why, like, way back in the day when there was a lot of gorilla growing going on, cornfields, high, mm-hmm. high nitrogen soil for mm. so veg- Boom, cannabis plants will grow big and tall like the corn. Hmm.
2: Really? I just thought Simple. it was to hide it.
1: So, yeah. That works too, but honestly, <laughs> when I looked at it, it's always been the proper nutrients are there. You're going to get good plants.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Well,
0: folks, that was an amazing, amazing show.
2: That Where well, we that didn't talk
0: one. about cannabis. <laughs> we spoke about cannabis. A we spoke bit. a lot about cannabis. We spoke <laughs> sure. about everything, actually, today. All the way from making smoothies over to cannabis myth busters. Oh, I'll just give you one (laughs) quick myth buster. Cannabis is not a gateway drug. There you go. Why is it not a gateway drug? Because that's the way that the studies were performed There's a bias involved called selection bias. If I want to study something, I've got to study the actual population in which I want to study. If I want to know if cannabis leads people to using hardline drugs, i got to study cannabis users and look if they're using hardline drugs. So these studies instead go look at hardline drug users and look at them if they're using cannabis. Every population has a hardline drug use probably of around 4 to 6%. Somewhere between two and, well, two to four percent, let's say, Mm -hmm. two to four percent hardline drug user. If you ask two to four percent of the population who uses hard or the hardline drug use population, if they use cannabis, it'll be a really high percentage. Mm -hmm. But let's now go to the cannabis population. What percentage of our population have lifetime users of cannabis? Over 40 percent. So, if you go to 40% of our population, and ask them if they're using hardline drugs, what are you going to find? 2%. Very, 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 very small, low. because that's the small population that are using it. So, you have to actually ask the right question to the mm-hmm. right people. That's yep. called selection bias, and that's why you have it. Vicky is dying to fucking say something and finish <laughs> this off because she's. There,
2: there, starts- was, there was a, some sort of study oh, so from. Uh, a cannabinoid therapy clinic or whatever and they, they did look at their population and asked them, did a survey like if uh, how many hard drugs they're doing or that sort of thing and they found that it was very, very low.
0: Was well, like, that all low, you wanted to lower say? Lower than the average just, population.
2: I was actually trying to like boost your point in I know, that like, but there actually the is like, an epidemiological study. You'll can still you get the are, last word. It's your podcast.
0: Can you say, though, it's no, uh, crack cocaine, heroin. Uh, I don't consider <laughs> it like well, it's weird because cocaine, cocaine
1: comes from the earth and you can chew on cocoa leaves. And but it's not, it's not, the, not same. the same. It's no. not the same. Synthesized, yeah. So but crack
0: cocaine, heroin. Um, meth may be included. I don't, can't, I can't think of. Meth would be off. included
1: for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I can't
0: think off the top of my head. Um so, but uh, things that are uh, that are low on the abuse totem pole are things like psilocy, yeah, psilocybin and uh, LSD. They're low on that totem pole. Yeah, you're very so,
1: unlikely to overdose. Yeah,
0: uh, everyone, this was an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Doctor Squizzato, for being on Welcome. it again. Tyler, Lucas, you guys are all awesome. This Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. This Sunday between two and four. 2.30, 4.30, something like that. Um, I'll be at Elevated mm-hmm. Culture. That's what it's called. Elevated Culture is doing a cannabis in sport or cannabis in recovery thing off at the uh, something lab, oxygen lab, medicine lab, somewhere lab in Mississauga. Check it out on my... You can you can find it somewhere. Can you go look for it before we yeah. get off of here? All right, what is it? Um, What's it go called? Go to Elevated Culture. And uh, you can... Uh, uh, you can you should guys everybody should check that out i think tickets are 20 bucks i'm on a panel uh it's a not-for-profit they just couldn't keep the the the, the uh the fees low enough so it's still costing this some money it, is it no maybe uh, no go on to instagram or don't and just google it um, elevated culture toronto social club yeah something like that find out about when the thing is yeah, i'm going to their facebook all right go to their facebook and uh, also, don't forget to check out uh, the podcast Higher State on where, iTunes, iTunes SoundCloud, Spotify, um, all those places. You could check us out. Uh, what else is happening? What else? Yet, like the page. Oh, like our YouTube page. For page. We're going to uh, be putting it out there as well. So. It I'm trying has, to find the date. He has it is. no idea. It's, I know where I'm it is. Looking. It's Saturday. I just don't remember the name of the place. Wait, elevated Culture oh, Toronto. My bad. My bad. It's Sunday, not Saturday. <laughs> yeah, <it's> Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> where?
1: I don't know. a sophisticated <laughs> kitchen and event space hosting elevated <laughs> no, events such as the, That's not the.
0: Yeah, Movement Lab. There Thank you. you. Okay. Like I'm dealing with Tyler over here. Good co-host. I'm not a computer guy. Uh, anyway, everybody, thanks so much. Have a great day. Enjoy. See you next you. week. Bye-bye.